0: This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, we're joined by Joe Albanese. Joe is the founder and CEO of Stir, a company that's building tools and software that help creators run their businesses. Joe and his team have been making quite a few headlines this year. And just to name a few, they've raised $4 million in funding for this project from firms like Ludlow Ventures and creators like Casey Neistat. Joe was recently named to the Forbes 30 under 30 list, and they've been trending multiple times for releasing a number of one-off drops. For example, they released presubscribe.me, which helps creators understand how many people would actually pay for their content. Or Only Tweets, which creates a paywall-protected Twitter account for creators. Joe and his team are working to support creators and help them build their businesses, which is something that actually often gets overlooked. Creators are typically really strong in their creativity and their ability to engage audiences, but oftentimes it's more challenging for them to understand exactly how they should run their business. Examples being how to invoice a client, how their money flows and what their accounts receivable, accounts payable, all of that looks like. And STIR is looking to solve that. So, on this episode, we talked to Joe about his journey into the creator world, how he went from the founding team at Yik Yak to the product team at Facebook, and then eventually why he took the jump to leave his stable job at Facebook and pursue building Stir. It's a really inspiring story and a business that Colin and I believe in so much that we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. And you'll find out what that means as you listen to this episode. He drops a ton of knowledge in this podcast and we both love this so much. We think that you guys will enjoy it as well. If you do want to check out the video version of this podcast, it's uploaded to our podcast channel right now. You can find that by just typing in Colin and Samir podcast into YouTube. And without further ado, hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast featuring Joe Alba companies from stir. You have to be the first podcast guest to roll up in in that car. Like that type of car. Now, I'll just paint a picture. I went outside to grab Joe and he rolls up in this red vintage Mercedes convertible, which I think you've offered to
1: let us use. Yeah, yeah I want to I want to see it in a breakdown video. For uh, sure. it, it would be awesome. Uh, d- is this is this why you raised all the money? <laughs> yeah. No, this has been this has been my dream car since I'm 15. There's a fun story around it. So I used to pass this car when I walked to, when I walked to school every day. And um, eventually, I went, like, ran home one day and I was like, I need this car, I think it was like 15. And I, um, I put a note under the car windshield that put like, you know, I, will, I want to buy this car, name your price, as if I had any money, um, and here's my email. And then I like, put it under the windshield, it's like a yellow piece of paper, and I expect this person to run out and sort of like, you know, see who this is. I'm like, oh, I wanna sell the car and email me. A day goes by, no email. Two days goes by, no email. Three day, on the third day, it pour, it's, it's pouring rain. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm also walking by it every day on the way to school. And um, I eventually don't get the car because like, the, I never, you know, I, I sort of settled with I wasn't going to get it. Um, and then, you know, all this time goes by, I had looked at them, and then I found one online that was like good price, like not, nothing crazy, low mileage, red um, yeah. and decided to, you know, spin my wheels and go get it. And I've loved it ever since it's impractical for sure, but it, it <laughs> makes me so happy. I mean, you think you're in a Quentin yeah. Tarantino movie when you're in it.
0: No, it looks so cool. Uh, in a vintage Mercedes is definitely on my list of things to buy. <laughs> What's funny is like when I feel like I've made it, but I actually have no idea when that feeling will kick in. I mean, if
2: you find the right one, you could probably do it now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying, but there's a feeling of like, have I made it? Have I not made it? And (laughs) I think, I think actually a lot of creators go through this because there's this, this moment where all of a sudden things click and things start happening, Mm -hmm. but you set a floor for yourself constantly, right? Both from a viewership Mm -hmm. perspective and a dollar's perspective. And then Mm -hmm. you don't know, you get confused what success means. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously running a creator business is like, it's a moving target because the industry is changing so much. Mm -hmm. And it's a brand new industry. It's yeah. not like a legacy industry. So we're all writing the yeah. textbook as it's happening. Yeah. Now, your company Stir, which has uh, recently raised a a round of funding to the tune of 4 million dollars, uh, on your website it says everything you need to know about your creator business in one place. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of working to solve some of the you know, early stages of creator business and mm-hmm. some of the the confusion around like What are we doing? What are we all doing here? How do we make this a real thing? Um, So yeah, I have have a lot of questions for you. Obviously we've read the press, (laughs) Uh, but the first question is, how do you pronounce your last name? Albanese. Yeah, it's Sicilian.
1: I'm a hundred percent Sicilian. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, both sides of my family, both from Sicily. So you speak like Sicilian Italian. Uh, I speak, I took it in college and never gotten it. But I, when I go to Italy though, give me like a, the first two days and then I, I can like order you anything mm-hmm. you want in restaurants and I can get you around any city. Okay. But it does, it, it takes some pick up. I, I was
2: an Italian major, so I'm probably oh, somewhat wow. similar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not Italian by any means. I just thought it'd be interesting. Um, maybe we should go to Italy sometime. <laughs> yeah, I w- I, when, when we can travel again, I would love to, yeah.
0: yeah. So you've you've now gotten to the point where you've taken a big bet on the creator world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um you know, raising $4 million is no joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm curious to get a kind of high level overview of how and why, like, wh- how did you get here? How do you land on coming up with this idea? Um, and you know, why, why do you do it? Yeah. Why do you, why do you
2: risk it all for this? Yeah, especially for an industry that a lot of people still doubt. Like I yeah, think there yeah. are a lot of people who like Totally, fully totally know everything about the creator industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I have like a unique experience about that too because it's not like I started this yesterday. I think even a year ago, there were more, or there were way more doubters than there are now. For sure. Um, my background is, I, I mean, I'm not a creator per se, but I am a creative. My background's in design. I sort of, I went to art school, Savannah College of Art and Design. That's how I kind of got started. SCAD. SCAD. Yeah. Like, yeah. like bumblebees, right? Yeah. The, the bees, bees. The, bees, yeah, yeah, the bees. bees. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I, I, my mom's an interior designer too. So I've, I've sort of grown up in a, in a creative atmosphere. Um, I just, at a young age and we like in, you know, how I got started was I had this teacher in high school that, um, just like he had a Mac and he had a camera and we would just film videos and, and then I would edit them on, on the Mac, on his Mac, like his personal Mac. And it sort of opened my world up to like, more on the software side of creative production like I was just Mm. like this is so cool like I remember I'd go home and um, I'd go on my own computer because then my mom got a Mac eventually and I would just open every menu just to like figure out what the hell does this button do Um, and that sort of opened my eyes to you know just creativity in general and then also you know software Mm. Um, when I was in SCAD I I, I built an app with a friend uh, and that did that did pretty well like from a, from a young age, I think like it was really exciting. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my career, but I needed to learn. Um, so I, I, I joined an early startup and, and saw that sort of the ups and downs of that. And then I, I spent, uh, three years at Facebook working on groups. And, um, what's interesting about me is like, I've always loved creators. I've, o- I don't even have a Netflix account. I just watch YouTube and Twitch. How do you watch the office? I've I've never I've seen some mm. episodes, but I've never I've I, this is this is always tough for me at, like dinner parties yeah. I I I don't know like certain quotes or certain scenes. So we may need to end the podcast. Let's yeah. <laughs> wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think <laughs> that's it. Yeah, um, but like yeah, it's interesting. People don't I, like when some people talk about certain Netflix shows. I'm like oh, I haven't seen it yet. Well, okay. I the, feel the like Office actually isn't a Netflix
2: show. Even no. if you <laughs> just watch YouTube, there are enough YouTubers who use clips from the Office right. You could oh, probably yeah, have absolutely. a general yeah, idea. So on that, what's I know like
1: up. certain memes too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but like there's been something that's always drawn me to the mm-hmm. creator. And I, I think it's like, it's, it's twofold. One is I love the authenticity behind the storytelling. It's like, this is someone that is like brave. I mean, it's, there's this courageous, brave person. That's going and showcasing their life to the world, what they think is important. And that just takes courage. Right. Um, and, and I think the second part that I've always loved about it is like, I'm a little bit of an anti-institutionalist, like, you know, um, uh, like, how do we sort of screw the big guy and, and empower the little guy? And um, I love that boldness of, of, of this, you know, the space. And I've always just been like that. Um, and then there were some times at Facebook where I sort of like understood why there would need to be a need for a company like Stir to exist. And I can talk about that too. Were you a good student? No, no, I, I, I love you. Asked Eric this too. I, I, and it was, I was listening to it while I was catching up. Um, I wasn't. But the thing is, is like I've always been someone that had side projects, things that I could take really far, um, like either side businesses, side hustles, um, or like random parts of a subject. Like there'd be like certain aspects of history class or science class that I would just go deep on, and my mm. teachers would just be like, "This inconsistency is insane." It's like I don't know, I'm interested in what I'm interested in, and I've always been that yeah. way. And I think as I've gotten older, I've learned that's a strength. Like once you start to understand what your strengths are and you lean into them, that becomes pretty powerful. And like, if these are the things that drive pull passion out of you and and you feel pull for, you should lean into them.
0: I ask that because I, you know, obviously you know we're we're not only interested but are actively participating in like the modern way of education mm-hmm. with, with the courses that that we've been developing. And mm-hmm. uh, I find it interesting people who create things and cre- are able to create things at big scales and think outside the box typically. um Aren't amazing students, and and I just find that to be an interesting trait. That's uh, there's some consistency to it, and so that's why I like asking the question. And I also think it's it's nice to be able to relate if you're listening to this and maybe you're in high school and you're struggling with you know being able to to pay attention in school. Just that you know, obviously, I I went through both high school and college. I'm I loved both of them. I thought they were super important, but I did struggle in in the classroom. Um, And I think that. It, it was easy to get down on yourself and be like, oh, okay, well then I'm not going to, I can't do anything if I can't do this. But you start to realize today there's all these like specialized ways of learning. Mm-hmm. And like what you're mentioning is you just got really into the stuff you got into. Mm-hmm. So you were able to excel so long as you were interested. And a lot of times that is the trait of an entrepreneur.
2: Totally. Uh, yeah. So and yeah, it, it sounds like that first experience with creating something, which was the app
1: yeah. with your friend is yeah, it was, what sort it was, of like- It was called feels. Feels? Yeah. Explain to us that experience. Because
2: yeah. I feel like that's really important. The first time you create something yeah. uh, and it spreads a little bit and mm-hmm. you get that feeling of having other people sort of share your work, uh, that can be the moment that sort of drives the rest of your career. Totally.
1: To- totally. Um, so me and, and two other friends at SCAD, we, we, we uh, the cool thing about art school is, and I don't know if this is like f- familiar with other, other colleges, like you get a class and like, the, if you just, you can pitch the professor, like, hey, we want to do this weird idea. Uh, and if you, it's almost like a brief you prepare and they accept it or, or, or deny it. And That's cool. We were like, we want to build an app. And they're like, the class is 12 weeks. Are you going to to do it? And we're like, yep, yeah, we can do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, we had to come up with the concept in the first two weeks. And uh, we came around, feels was a word back then. This is like six, seven years ago. Um, and it was like an app that helped you make decisions. So, and it's funny how we came up with, it's like, we were deciding what to Builds. Mm-hmm. and we were like, hey, this is a cool framework for how to decide. So we'd let you choose between what you wanted to work on or what you were deciding between, and then the options that you were deciding. So like, let's say you're choosing a place to rent. You're like, the the walk to work is important to me. Uh, the the appliances are important to me. The cost of living is important to me. And then using your thumb on a sliding scale, you'd give your feel on that particular option. Wow. And then we That's would cool. spit out what you should choose.
0: That's really cool. And
1: it was so fun. And we would stay up all night building it. And, like, I was paying way more attention to that class than any of the other classes. Right. Right? This is, it felt like this is what mattered. Um, and that's organic. That you feel that inside of you. You want to you lean into that when it comes. And um, uh, we launched it. And I remember Apple picked it up. They put it on the front page of, like, best new apps. I even have a screenshot of it. Um, and then TechCrunch did an article about it. I did an interview. So funny. Um, and I was just hooked and, and I, and I learned a lot from that experience. So, so, you know, what happened to feels, um, me and my co-founder had, uh, or me and my co-founders had just like a differing opinion on how to build the business. Um, and like how to make, how to make money. It was a paid productivity app. Paid apps are harder to grow. How much did it cost? It was three ninety nine to download. To download. Wow. Oh wow! So it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't the uh,
0: the like typical freemium model. No, no, like, no.
1: We were like, we're gonna build quality software. It's cool. gonna an experience that you wanna you, like more artisan. You wanna pay for. And I think the difference of opinion was, and this this opened up some other questions, is like I wanted to make it free. And just be like, how many people, you know, how many people can we get on this and learn how people make decisions and then build more products underneath that and and more experiences? And my co-founder was like, um, I want to make it $4 and keep it $4 and like build more of an an independent business uh, that operates more on on the revenue. Um, And then, you know, time, momentum falls through. I'm in school. He he had sort of graduated and like it just didn't not work. It didn't work out. It's always my first love for sure. Um, But. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, that leads to how we think about Stir and, and, and why we raised money and, and, and you know, the, the pros and cons that come with that as well is, is an interesting lesson.
0: Yeah. So two, two thoughts. One, I think uh, when I grew up, I played music and I remember the process of like having a little guitar riff in your head and then having it materialize into a song, like a full song, yeah. and then recording it and then listening to it back and getting addicted to the feeling of taking an idea from something in your head to reality. Yeah. Uh, and that's still what I do with my day-to-day, right? Yeah. And I think the first time you experience it, like you're talking about with this app, if you love that process of going from an idea to a tangible mm-hmm. thing that people can interact with. Like, yeah. it is so addictive, right? It is, it, it's the same thing yeah. with videos. Like, we come up with an idea on this whiteboard, yeah. and then it's like, okay, let's put the plan in place, comes to life. People love it, comment it, hate, hate it, like, whatever. Yeah. They're interacting with it, and you're putting something out into the world that has impact, and then you
1: start the cycle again. Yeah. And it's like, it's an amazing process of, yeah. of creativity. And you never know how people are gonna, I, I've just, I've just decided, like, I'm never, I, I we're probably going to be wrong, but we can, we can like fix it and adjust it to make it right. Yeah. But like, you never know what the response is going to be to what you build that sort of surprise. Like I've, I've built things that I thought are going to be great. They don't do well. I've built things that I'm like, who knows? And, and, and they crush it or people love it. Um, I'm hooked on that feeling It's yeah. like the unknown, like no matter how many times you do it, how smart you think you mm-hmm. are, people will surprise you. Yeah. Um, and I love that feeling so much, yeah, that response.
2: I mean, that's absolutely what it's like to be a YouTube creator, right? Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. just going and putting out so many different things and failing, getting some yeah. wins here, failing, reiterating, and like, that's what you kind of have to love is yeah. like pressing publish, that didn't go well. Let me figure out what happened, yeah. changing it up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I'm always blown away by um, just how impressive creators are to me. I mean, like, there's the output that is creative production but you're required to be like the CEO, the COO, mm-hmm. the CFO, the chief, you know, the, the chief strategy officer, mm-hmm. chief marketing officer, chief marketing yeah. officer. Like well, it's in, it's crazy, and I always hate. There's like a refrain that, and maybe like uh, there's this stigma that creative people are not business savvy, which is mm. insanity to me. Yeah, like it's insanity to me. They're like it's no, I've always looked at design as being my tool to build businesses and products for people, mm. and I think I look at creators that way as well. As like. Creative production is like how they provide for their families, how they build a livelihood, how they sort of you know build their dream. Um, I always annoyed me when people would say that.
0: Well, I think also that business is the thing that I love about uh, business and the business that we're in. Uh, but business in general is like storytelling, yeah. relationships, like yeah. and, and there's a lot of creativity that's involved. There's an art form to being yeah. uh, good in business, and it's it's not just being able to manage a PNL. It's like actually being able to um, be creative, connect with people Mm -hmm. and storytell. Like when you're pitching investors, Mm -hmm. you're storytelling the same way that we are when we're making a video. Like to be able to say something, provide someone a deck and then have them write you a check. Mm -hmm. And to do that to the amount of $4 million is incredibly challenging, and it's it's a storytelling task that is at the highest level
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so that's what I think is really fun about it, and that's why I do think that a lot of creators make really good business people, um, yeah, but I think that at times some creators and it's funny, this leads into stir, get really overwhelmed by the money yeah part because okay. numbers sometimes people's brains don't operate with
2: numbers and spreadsheets and how things work. Um, Sometimes too, it's like a time and bandwidth thing. Like creativity yeah. and like making an edit or a video, the production side of it can take so many hours mm-hmm. that like by the time you get down to it, you probably also need a lot of hours in the day to look at the numbers
1: and plan yeah. and, and manage all of that. Con- context shifting is so challenging, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. that, you're using two, literally two different parts of your brain and you're, ex- you know, y- y- the business needs just as much of the left as it needs from the right. Um, and that's just a really hard task for Anyone, um, the way that we look at like business tools for creators is like we try and humanize them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't think we compete with like you know let's say we do something in payments or something like we we don't I don't think we compete with like sending a wire from your bank account. I, I view it's like how do we have the most like Cash App like experience or Venmo like because you're you make it like as much p- as people based as possible is how we think right. of, like product design and, and you humanized. just have to
0: understand the community and how the community interacts with each other yeah. like. <clears throat> I find it amazing that a lot of creatives that we work with uh, a lot of times don't know how to send an invoice, Yeah, right? Um, when, you're, when you're hiring someone who's a creator or creative, mm-hmm. um, they don't really know what that f- looks and feels like, or, you know, what is net 30? What is, like, what are these terms? How does this all work? So I, I do think it's probably, you know, I want to ask you about your time at Facebook. I want to talk about how you got into STIR, yeah. uh, which is an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, why don't we get to like, you know, obviously you, you're, you're, at Facebook and, um, you, you're at arguably one of the most coveted jobs working at Facebook has to be
1: one of the most coveted jobs in, in the world. Right. I mean,
0: especially in tech. Yeah. Back then it was or, my dream
1: job. Or Google. For yeah. sure. It was my dream job. It was 2015. I, I was a designer. I yeah. felt like the, I felt like, and at that time, the best designers that I wanted to work with and learn from. Wait, what year there. is this? 2015? 2015. Got it. That's when I started. Yeah. yeah. When did you watch The Social Network? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was in high school when it came out. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen it since. I, don't know, I, I think I've seen it like once or twice over the years. Got it. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I just think it's like any any person who was working in in media. The funniest thing is like when, when we started our business. It was uh, first business was in 2010, um, and like anything you were doing that had to do with like social media was like, in my mind, I was living out the social mm-hmm, network, right? Yeah. I was like, I was, everything was so inspired by that movie. Um, but yeah, be, being at Facebook, I mean, not only, you know, from job perspective, is it fantastic, but lifestyle perspective, it's like, from what I understand from my friends who worked at Facebook, um, some of the perks are pretty significant. Um, yeah it's and, a, and obviously it's a great to try job. and retain you and keep you there but it's probably inevitable a bit for a lot of the top people at Facebook to want to go off and, and start their own uh, Yeah, projects. totally. I,
1: I, and there's two, I mean, I have a lot of friends that have stayed and have done really well and like- What was the, the best perk? The best perk? I mean, the people are the best perk for sure. Oh, that's, that's a good answer. I know that's, that's probably cliche. the that's people po- are. That's best. a
0: political answer and I like it. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> it taught me well. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: feels
1: yeah, yeah.
0: We may have
2: picked like the snacks. Yeah. The food probably or, or, or like. But we were always outside looking in. Like yeah. we would get invited to Google yeah, uh, or yeah. Facebook and we would just go straight for lunch. I mean, the second we were in the
0: Instagram, Facebook office in New York, we were at the soft serve yeah, you know, yeah. station and like, I got a juice. And we were
2: like, wait, so you get as much as you want. Yeah. I think I had as much as you want. I had we don't pay you.
0: I had a wheatgrass shot. I had yeah. a milkshake yeah. and I had a soft serve within three minutes of walking in. And I was like, where's the breeze? Basically like we like, leave with a yeah. stomach ache yeah. every time we go to a major tech company.
1: I mean, I think when I probably first got there, I was like, this is amazing. That stuff sort of, um, it loses its effect pretty quickly. I, I'm also not, uh, I mean, I know I have the red Mercedes outside, but I'm I'm not too much of a flashy guy. Um the perks don't uh, you're look. <laughs> yeah, it I really up now. in a red convertible. Well, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um I'm, uh uh I think the other thing that I found to be the most appealing, this isn't not a perk, but like the value is like we, we were just talking about later, you build something and then people yeah. use it. Yeah. There is no company besides maybe Google that you you put something in the world and um, a billion people use it, a billion plus people use it. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's, crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and, and the other thing I liked about Facebook is it is definitely like a meritocracy, like good ideas win. And, and you know, there's that's a cool. discussion, external discussion around like Facebook copies or whatever. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. But like, there were things I did there that like I literally came up with the idea for. I, I built out mocks. I like found an engineering team to work on it with me and we shipped it. And it was like stuff I was really proud of. Like uh, what stuff? I built this feature called Live Location. Um, so I, I, this is the way I also think about solving problems. is like I see, and all of the stuff that we've done at Stir has been something I've seen someone say. Um, I spent the first six months of Stir's lifetime just doing research. Um, but this, the time at Facebook was you know, someone says like, I'm on my way. Right. And it's like, well, okay. There's like this problem, mini problem. It's like, okay, where the hell are you? I don't want to share my location with you for all day or whatever. And like, you have to go through, find my friends or whatever. We, I was working on messenger. I was like, there should just be a button. That's like the, on my way, I'm on my way button. I click the button. It shares my location with you until I get to you. Uh, it was a feature we launched called live location that I was always really proud of. And like, literally did the mocks for it and pushed it through and that's cool. Uh, uh, it was fun. Yeah. So at what
2: point at Facebook uh, do you become aware of creators? Do you start working with creators? Yeah.
1: So um, I worked on Facebook groups for a little bit. Um, and it was just like groups were just, that became a big a big priority at the company. And I just was in the right place at the right time. So it's like, oh, wow, I'm already working on groups. Um, so you start to work with all these more senior people. And it's, 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 it's truly like a, it was a good position to be in for someone so early in their career. Um, and we were doing a research session with some Facebook group admins. Uh, and a research session is Facebook, as you bring this sort of like, you know, you bring this person onto campus, and again, it's this it's Disney World. You have, it's a little overwhelming too, and you need to calm this person down, um, or just, you know, get them mm-hmm. comfortable. And, um, you know, do you do you was- just drop some Facebook CBD in their mouth. <laughs> 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 How do you do that? <laughs> we grow it on campus yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, so my job is to go, you know, get this, this particular, there's a single mom. She ran a Facebook group called, uh, moms in the Bay area It had like 30,000 members at the time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making casual conversation sort of like, you know, get to know this person a little bit better. And the conversation starts to lead about the group. And I'm like, oh, when did you start it? Oh, cool, how long have you been running it? And then I, you know, I ask like, how much of your time during the week do you work on this? And her face just changes in real time. She's like, what do you mean? Like, this is my job. It'd be like me asking you guys, how much in the time of the week do you spend on, you know, Colin and Samir? Yeah. you like, what? It's yeah. not a hobby. This is how we provide for our families. This is our livelihood. And, and she gave me that look. I'm like, wait, explain that. And she's like, I have a thriving Amazon affiliates link business. Mm. I do brand deals with local mom and pop shops for moms. I hacked Patreon and I have like a private Facebook group. So if you put supply to my Patreon, you go in my private Facebook group. Um, I pay all my moderators through Venmo and I track my cash flow in the notes app on my iPhone. Two things went through my mind after I said that. Well, first, my face is now like, holy <laughs> crap. the well, first I'm like, this is a business that previously could never exist because like there's a platform that allows any person sort of, you know, build, you know, maintain an audience, build an audience, grow a community, and then a business sort of spurs out of that, right? Um, and the second was like, this is not someone that woke up one day and was like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going to start a single mom or a, a mom's group on Facebook. This was a passion and a business was sort of born out of it. And like, she was sort of learning the tools over time. And you know, it's like a more of a passionpreneur than an entrepreneur, but still an entrepreneur in that same light. And I just felt like, you know, this had come out of the box and the world was never shifting. And that all of our tools and how these people built businesses was going there were gonna be a new need. That was three years ago or two years ago when I was at Facebook. I had the idea. So I had like the seed for stir, and then it would eventually sort of turn into what it's turned into now. So it's not like you know, yeah. it didn't just spin up. It's been really in my head for years.
0: One thing that I I love about that story, um, is that the term creator gets used a lot. And it's, mm. a, it's a term that you use quite a bit yeah. on, on Stur's, you know, Sturr's uh, website, on, on, on the pitch material. And when I think of the term creator, uh, I typically think YouTube creator, Instagram influencer. Yeah. And then podcaster. Yep. But the thing that's amazing is that I actually think that term is pretty all-encompassing of people who are making a living using the internet, like making something on the internet. really who
2: are leading communities too.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that's why you, when you first walked in, you were like, well, this is kind of a different episode for you guys. Mm -hmm. But I think the interesting thing is that in my opinion, even through the stories you're telling, I think people will understand you are
2: also a creator in some ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially when it comes to your drops.
1: Yeah. That to me. Yeah. That screams creator. Yeah, we became creators. The company became a creator. But even
0: stir itself, like creating a platform like that for a community like us to use, mm-hmm.
1: you're yeah. a creator.
0: You've made something that we're all going to interact with, yeah. right? And so it's the same way that when we make platforms or anything, it's like we're all doing the same thing. Yeah, uh, It's just using, we use video, you use software. Software. Yeah. Like it's it's just different ways to aggregate groups of people who all rally around one thing mm-hmm. and then use you know, the product and interact with each
1: other. It's like, I I think we feel like that now a little bit, Um, but it definitely took a journey to get there. Like, so I left my job October 1st, 2019. So that's, you know, a year ago over here in like a little, in in November. Um, And I was like, okay, you know, I just left my job and I, I have, you know, I'm doing freelance work to support myself. And I'm like, I'm just going to learn as much as humanly possible. I actually read my Q1 2020 plan the other day. Wait a second. You left your job with the plan for stir or just like jumped? I left my job and said, I'm going to build stir. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah, got got it. it. Got it.
0: Yeah. yeah. How, how did, what, like, I have a lot of questions for this <laughs> yeah. because when I left my job, I didn't say I'm going to build something. I was just like, I need to leave. I've been working since I was, you know, early twenties. We sold this company. I'm like exhausted. Yeah. Uh, I just want to explore my creativity. And my dad was like, what are you doing? Like, this is, this doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. are you sure about this? Did you have any of that pushback from either peers or um, parents of like, you sure you want to leave this job at Facebook? Like
1: you're. Oh, for sure. My parents, I mean, I think the, the fundraise announcement was like the first moment yeah, where yeah, my yeah. parents thought I was a little less crazy. I, um, I mean, I took a, yeah, I, I think you have to have crazy conviction. Conviction is your best asset and like people will think you're crazy. But slowly you will prove yourself to be less and less crazy as more people sort of understand what you're doing. Um, I mean I took a weekend in between jobs was like left my job on a Friday and started stir on a Monday. So what is STIR?
0: Let's, let's hear it from you. At least at that point, what did you think STIR was? What were you leaving Facebook to do? What's the yeah. mission?
1: Yeah, so the, the company is really based on a thesis. Uh, I didn't, I, and I also didn't want to say, this is what STIR is going to look like. I'm going to go build it. I was like, I'm, I need to go learn what it needs to be. Like, it's based on a thesis that is like the world's changing. People can now become businesses because of these platforms. So they're going to need a whole different tool set. But let me go learn let me, first I was like, let me learn a history of the space. So I, I went and talked to creators that used to be big and then you know I have, I have just stopped doing. It. Why did they churn? I wanted to learn more about burnout. I, I did a whole thing on MCNs. I learn like what the hell. Is, I didn't even know what the hell an MCN <laughs> was. Um, I wanted to learn about the platforms and their business models, how they change. And then like, so first was history. Second was just like, what is the current state of problems? Like how are people sort of operating today? And then last was like, What is based on what I have on history and current state? What do I, where do I think the the world should go? Um, So it's very much like, I want to stir is going to exist in some form. Let me go figure out what the pieces are, but be student. I know I didn't work in this space before. Like, sure. I worked at Facebook and I worked with like, you know, Facebook group admins and stuff. And and I've, and I've watched tons of YouTube and Twitch, but that doesn't mean I'm an expert. I don't, I never want to be claimed to be an expert. I always want to be a student. Um, but let me go learn from the folks that are in it and, 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 and build those relationships with them. All of our, and I, I feel like I'm getting around here, but like all of our customers in our beta, I'm very close with them. I've known them for six or seven months now, right? I text them every day. I help them with problems outside that we, you know, stir would never really solve, but I just care and I want to learn more. Um, I got a text from you on my wedding day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On your wedding day? Yeah, it wasn't about my wedding day, <laughs> yeah. but it was. I know yeah, I didn't know. I, yeah. forgive it, me. It was about us uh, signing up for the pre-subscribe. Uh, oh, uh, oh my goodness, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, you know, if you get in contact with Joe, he's gonna text you all the time. That's, yeah, that's basically <laughs> the versa. long and the short.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I have some funny stories. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to call anyone out, but like, I've helped to, helped one creator get seventeen thousand dollars back from a, a mechanic that ripped them off. Um, we've helped, I've given, I've helped a, uh, another creator do their taxes. Mm. I've helped, an, I've given another, uh, creator access to our lawyers. Um, uh, oh like like, exclusive stir drops. No, it's, it's one, for, on, for one. Me, one it's, on one. For me, it's like, um, you know, we're still in the learning phase. Yeah. Right? yeah. We have, we have an idea of what should exist, but like, I want to learn. And how do, how do you learn? You get close to them and you, and you understand their problems. The interesting thing is our, our,
0: our mutual friend, Zach, uh, Hanarvar from, from One Day Entertainment, um, when he told me about Stir, the way he pitched it to me um, and the way I think it'll be really easy to understand for people is, um, he was like, it's kind of like QuickBooks for creators. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys like that as a term, uh, but I thought that was one of the quickest ways for me to understand something of like, oh, okay, I get yeah. it. It's It's a way for me to organize my finances. Now, once we had a call and I got to see what it looked like, mm-hmm. that's when my excitement level went up because yeah. I was like, oh, he's actually... Custom building this for how we operate, um, and that made it very digestible, uh, very tangible, and very obvious to me that you had spent time with creators and with the creator community. Because there's things in your in your toolkit uh, and in the platform that are only relevant to people like us. Yeah, uh, and that I think is you know the difference of when I log into we use QuickBooks when I log into QuickBooks, like any business is operated through QuickBooks it's just simple it's it's base level but to be able to log in see how much money is coming from my YouTube AdSense my Patreon when my brand deals are coming in to be able to split with a manager or a representative like all the complexities of growing a creator business which typically get answered by someone picking up the phone and calling us and saying hey man how does this work when you work with this brand how does this you know how when does YouTube AdSense pay me how does you, you know like all this stuff gets solved by a simple dashboard and I think that is um, the most dynamic thing that I've seen in the space in a long time, that you're actually building something that's going to allow me to make this my career. We're different because we we grew in the space of like two thousand and ten, starting a creator business where everything was the Wild West. And we were able to grow and sell a company. Then once we were working within a, a venture-backed company, actually learn everything about the business of being creators. Mm-hmm. And actually, we call it our MBA when we went to go work <laughs> there. Um, I like that. <laughs> and come out and be able to manage a P&L and understand how this business works. But a lot of creators are like 22, yeah. making millions. And they're like, I, I don't know. I've never worked in a professional environment. I don't know how any of this stuff yeah. works. So that's that to me is... Uh, was something that was very evident when I looked at the platform that you had took, taken the time to actually understand how our community operates. Yeah, And that's not, a lot of people, I think, look at the creator community and are like, oh, I, I get how I can monetize it, but they aren't authentic to the space. And it gets really hard for them to actually create businesses around us because we are a, actually a much more niche community than mm-hmm. I think people think, even though there's
2: millions of creators Uh, A lot of times there's so many inconsistencies in our business. Like a lot of creators don't have monthly recurring revenue. Like we can't always predict exactly when things are going to come and when things are going to happen. So that's why like traditional QuickBooks doesn't necessarily
1: work for us. Yeah. I mean, traditional QuickBooks is built for like, you know, the brick and mortar shop, right? It it doesn't apply to this. And like there's there's examples in other, you know, markets or places where a purpose built tool goes a long way. And it it was just like clear, like, okay, there needs to be a purposeful tool for this community. You're talking about the media, entertainment, and education companies of the future. But you're also
0: talking about the retail companies of the future, right? The e-commerce companies of the future. And so like, how do you actually, like when I explained to to people who aren't familiar with the creator community, like typically if they aren't familiar with our community, they'll be like, oh, okay, like you make videos and, you know, you get brand deals. Yeah. Uh, But- the most sophisticated creators have like 10 different income sources that Mm -hmm. range from affiliate links. Like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. there's even creators who are exclusively making their money through affiliate links, uh, which is incredibly dynamic. There's people who have, you know, e-commerce or drop shipping arrangements. Uh, there's people who have courses like us, like we're, we're now monetizing through selling content direct to consumer. Uh, there's obviously Patreon, there's Google AdSense, there's brand deals. Uh, and, Merch, yeah, and, I don't know and, if it's a merch. yeah, but like no. it's just so uh, it's so incredibly dynamic, and the uh, the one feature that I remember I got excited with you about, <laughs> and I think you get excited with everyone about yeah, it, yeah. but is is the split feature mm-hmm. because I thought it it mirrored um, music and hip hop in a way that I, it, it sparked my mind in a way that I hadn't been sparked before. So do you want to explain splits? And yeah. then I, I can tell you my hip hop reference totally. and why I think it, it works. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's, you, you learn this from the history part. I mean, I, I glossed over earlier. Like you have to learn, I think if you're building in any space, you've got to learn how did it get here? Um, and if you look at the history of like the creator community, Working with others is how you grow. You can only go so far alone. You have to work with others. And in, in different space in YouTube, it's collabs, right? Um, and 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 I looked at that and I was like, wow, you have to work with others, but like look at all the things you have to solve that no, you know, the audience doesn't see that you need to resolve to work with others. And it was like, you know, you, do you spin up a C Corp with other people? Do you like how do you do payments? Like who gets the money first? Does it go to this person or that person? how do you have that trust? And it felt like there had to be a better way because you're probably, you know, this like implicit trust and like, oh, I can work with this person um, actually limits the amount of things you can do. If, if there was a good solution that basically said, hey, we're all seeing the same thing. We're all getting paid at the same time. That felt really valuable. Mm. Um, so splits is how we do that. And we can do it in really fascinating ways. Like you know, so we can split a brand deal for existence, right? A brand deal comes into a, 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 an account. We look at it and it goes, you know, 20 to the manager, 80 to the, to the creator, whatever whatever it is. But where it comes even more, more exciting is when we have like an integration with the platform. So for YouTube, for, existence, for, 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 for um, you can click on a single YouTube video and give a percentage of that AdSense to whoever. We see it with editors, uh, teammates, managers, another creator that helps you work on it. Um, we, it's, it's fascinating. It basically like it does two things. One is it like, inc- it allows for like more people to get involved with creative production. Like you can now get paid by YouTube without having a YouTube account. That's, that's fascinating. And it, wow, like, that's really mm, interesting. I hadn't yeah, thought about that. Yeah. And, um, what I'm most passionate about is it lowers the barrier to entry for what it means to be a creator. Mm-hmm. Like so much of us have creativity you know, starting a podcast, starting a YouTube channel, like starting us, like you got to jump over a huge cliff and like, sure, we should congratulate all the people that have done it. But we, sh- I think we should all, what I'm really, you know, Stir's mission is how do we empower creators and actually let more people make a living off creative work. Um, and that's the power that's really of splits. Cool. Mm. Yeah. that I'm really It's also about. like
2: an education for certain people, because
1: if you're an editor for
2: another YouTube creator and you're splitting their AdSense revenue through Stir, you now actually have a better idea yeah. of like how much money is actually coming in yeah. for a YouTube video, or like yeah. how the business actually works. Yeah.
1: And we also see another thing too that's um, you know, so th- there's a lot of like I pay two hundred bucks for this video to be edited or whatever. Um, but when you change the like incentives, where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. our upside, like whatever this thing generates, is now uncapped. You're just getting different type of work out of mm-hmm. something, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah,
2: yeah. And it could potentially be for an undetermined amount of time. So it's like a real asset that you could have if you worked on a certain video and you have a percentage share of the AdSense. Like potentially five years later, you're still making money off that video. That's
0: where the hip hop thing comes in. It's it's
2: royalties on a song, right? It's like, hey,
0: I want to make a video and feature this person. Mm in exchange for you being featured in my video, I'll give you a percentage of my AdSense in perpetuity. Yeah. And there's an automated system that I don't have to actually go in. You remember how we used to, so we used to run an MCN. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Do you
0: remember how we used to do our accounting? So the way we <laughs> used to do this is we had a Google spreadsheet. We would look at every single account that we managed, which was 60 different accounts and go into the, we had a CMS through YouTube, a uh, mm-hmm. content management system pull the dollar amounts, put them in, then cross-reference with the amount we received yeah. from YouTube, confirm that, and then write them checks individually. So the process took us a week to pay people because it was three of us sitting in a room. Yeah. If this was automated, like, yeah. it's great. And of course, I don't, I don't personally think the MCN model works uh, anymore, but the new model, which is like creative collaboration, yeah, can we have 10 people in the same video who now... Instead of all 10 of them making the same video for their own channels, they're all incentivized to just promote it on this channel because yeah. then they'll all exactly make money on it, yeah. which is not something that happens today. Today, what happens is like two creators go on an adventure. Both of them make
1: videos for their own channels. Yeah. Both of them upload. Yeah. And you know. that's actually one thing I, I want to call out is like we're pretty sensitive around is like collaboration culture is traditionally very good natured, right? It's like yeah. I do this and you do that. Um, And and that's something we're super sensitive about. I don't think we don't want to come in like capitalists and be like, Hey, ask for your percentage cut. We want to, we, the story we try and tell. And like, honestly, what we're working on, like the beta with folks is um, this is just like, you're now, you know, you're getting better creative work out of this and the, the, the possibilities are now larger. And like, um, you know, you're just incorporating more people and giving them this this sort of shared upside.
0: Now, that, of course, there's an empowerment element here, but I do think so. I I, <laughs> I, I do think that your part of your mission is to support the uh, the kind of like capitalist side of creativity. I mean, How, would you or would you argue? I'll let you rebuttal. But I'm just saying because like you're you are empowering me. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not using that yeah. term in a bad way. I think yeah, yeah. creators. A lot of times, burn out because they lack the capitalist side of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of like creator groups, I think there is a range in my mind. I always see it. There's a range, there's a scale between socialism and capitalism and creativity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On the socialism side, it's like, hey, let's let's make stuff. Everyone should enjoy this stuff for free. Yeah. Right. And this happens in tech too. Yeah. And then the other side is like. I, my creativity is a commodity. I'm here to I'm here to monetize it. Yeah. And you got to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, uh, because otherwise you're not making. If you want to be a working creator, you have to be somewhere in the middle. You have to be. So there. I just believe that you are supporting the effort to pull people towards the middle if they aren't there yet.
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a great point and and, and eloquently explained too. Um, I'm, I view our responsibility to like, you know, th- there's this talk in tech business. It's like the the there's the top, the bottom, and the mid tail, and like. My goal, and I think our responsibility at Sturt is to grow that mid tail as much as possible. Um, and that's going to require, we, we can't put it all on our shoulders. It's going to require the tech platforms to change and innovate. It's going to require new, new players. It's going to require what our audiences expect. From, like, you know, the, in the US, uh, audiences are so used to ad supported content right? Not paying directly. That's different in different markets. And like that, I think that needs to change as well. Um, But that's how I view our goal is like, how do we expand it? And here's some of the ways that we do it. We provide these tools.
0: Now we are mid-tail. I would say we are a part of the mid-tail creators, Creators. right? We're working creators. Um, You know, we've, I think we've been in this business for 10 years. We've had ups and downs. Uh, We've we've had incredible successes. We've been humbled by the industry. Uh, And now today, I think we found ourselves in a really good spot of being Working creators and being like, "Oh, we can make a comfortable living uh, yeah. and a good living doing the thing we like to do." Now, I'm not out here buying vintage Mercedes,
2: <laughs> not yet.
0: <laughs> no, I'm. Kidding. I would say, those uh, but too, I like- think) Yeah, go ahead. we're
2: also a part of like, we're also invested in growing the mid-tail creator, mm-hmm. yeah. the working creator. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the content that we make. That's what we talk about. Totally. And that's what we want right. to see more of. Yeah. That's what, yeah, our, a lot of our
0: mission is empowering people to become working creators. Mm-hmm. Between the courses we're making about storytelling to a lot of our efforts on our channel are educational about the opportunity that exists and how people are Becoming working creators. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the channel. Yeah. I love
1: you guys. I love the channel. So, but yeah. what, what I'm like, saying that's is, why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly
0: why I'm here. What I'm saying is that we're we're invested in the the you know that mid mid tail. Uh, you're invested in it, but you've also convinced people to invest their dollars yeah. in this mission. Talk to us about raising four million dollars for this venture. Um, that's a large sum of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it you also got buy-in from serious players, not you know it's not just uh you know random people who who put their money down to believe in you and this idea why do you think you were able
1: to do that why do you think people invested in stir yeah, i think it's it's there's a couple reasons so there's like the tactically how i think we did it but more there's like i think investors their job, so they have two, there's sort of two jobs. One is like their job is literally to deploy capital. Like they need to invest, that's how they do right. their job. So it's like, you know, they're just doing their job as like one box. But two is to identify where they think, have a viewpoint on where they think the world's going, right? And I think it's not crazy to think that collectively as a society, everyone is reevaluating their relationship to work, their relationship to ownership. Um, you know, especially with COVID has sort of accelerated this where it's like now I work from home and I don't you know, like I don't have a commute anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, what's my, you know, do, is this what I want to do? And I think younger generations too. Like, is Gen Z gonna get like a bunch of corporate jobs? Like, I I, I don't think so. Right? There, look at look at drop shipping. Like, I you know look at teenagers that are spinning up Instagram accounts. It's like the economy is just changing and how people think about what a business actually is. That definition is changing, and Stir is one take on like hey, if you, you have to believe that the world's going this way anyway. And then STIR is one sort of shot on goal that like could service that new, that new need. Um, you know, so then tactically is, I think, yeah, it's, it's storytelling. It's, you you got to basically, a, a good pitch at the seed stage, which we raised the seed round, is like, everyone needs to agree on the facts, which is like, we think the world is going in this way. If, you, if you're convincing someone of that, you're probably pitching the wrong investor. Now, after that, it's like, team, are we the right people to do it? I worked at Facebook, my co-founder worked at a, at a company called Brex, so we are doing finance and, and, and sort of software. Um, and then it's like, you know, is this vision aligned with what I think can exist? And, and we just told that story pretty well. And then we also showed that we can execute, we do drops, we can build software. And I think the other thing was like, I just knew the, the customer so well, like I spent all that time with creators. Um, became like an informed student. I wouldn't call myself an expert, but an informed student and could answer specific questions about where I thought the space would go.
2: Did you have an understanding or a comfort level with raising money? Just because it's like a, it is a big risk and it's something that yeah, no. obviously not a lot of people will do.
1: Not at all. Um, I'm a big proponent of imposter syndrome. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, no idea. And, and I think I leaned into two things. One is I read this quote a while ago that's like, if you're not feeling like an imposter pretty much every day, you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. Like just growth is new. Um, and you just need to feel normal around new. And, and the second is, and this is like advice I like to give people is um, lean into the fact that you're new and you're learning this and you're going through this for first time, lean into your authenticity. People can, can you curse on this podcast? Please. <laughs> uh, you know, people can, you know, read bullshit. Whoa, right? dude. Hey, Michelle, look. hey, what are you trying to demonetize <laughs> us?
0: No, I'm just uh, Yeah, sometimes we feel like we, we're not edgy enough. So yeah, it's we're good to family friendly. Yeah, we're too family oh, friendly. I mean, we're, that's we're why fine, Colin yeah. has this black beanie. Yeah, that's we're that's kind of like, like
2: bring a little edge, to, a little edge to the podcast. As a little edge to the podcast. Yeah, yeah for yeah. those
0: of you yeah. who are listening, head to the YouTube channel so you can see Colin's black I'll, beanie I'll that I just referenced. A few, a few yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to get a little more gross. Yeah, you're Sicilian. Isn't that
1: kind of like
2: a. I've kept it Yeah, you really toned it down.
1: Like, all right. Anyhow, people can read through bullshit and authenticity really shines. So, like, if you don't know the answer to a question, like I would just say, I don't know. Like, can you tell me what you think would, what, what would be best here? And um, that goes much further than yeah. trying to hide it. And, um, uh, you know, funny, interesting thing about like our fundraising process was it's, and like, I didn't, this is the benefit of not knowing. So most fundraising rounds in tech are like, you set up all these meetings with all these firms, you send, you know, you share your pitch deck, you pitch them, you meet a partner and then maybe they invest. I was like, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to find the right person. I want to be totally relationship-based and we will figure out the terms later. Um, and that's what I did. I just talked to people, asked them about their background, talked to them about their and it was also an interesting time because so COVID had like the shelter in place had just happened. So I think everyone was feeling a little bit more we were seeing a, a raw mm. version of each other. Yeah. So I had that benefit. And I remember being pretty scared at the time. I remember are companies even going to be funded during COVID? Like, who knows? Like the economy was like, like all these tough questions. And I built the relationships and then it was just, we came to a decision around like what an investment would look like. And that that turned into $4 million. Mm. But um, it was very, I I think you just lean into things that make you, make you you. Uh, And for me, it's relationships and authenticity.
0: I think that, I mean, you'd have to imagine the pandemic actually helped you because people being, at home, I mean, I don't know if the if it's an, if it's considered inflated of like how much viewership and how how these creator businesses are growing, but I would say most creators I've talked to, including ourselves, have had their best year. Interesting. Um, primarily because advertising has moved from television. Yeah. There's no television programming getting made. Yeah. Consumption's gone. Consumption way up. has yeah. gone through the roof because yeah. people are at home, and uh, as
2: has purchasing, at least for the moment. Yeah.
0: And, and, and even in Q4, like Q2, when, when the pandemic hit, I think advertisers pulled their budgets and were like, they whoa, their whoa, 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 what's going to happen this year? Yeah. But then once they saw the trends, it's like yeah. now you're getting into Q, Q3, Q4, where they have more budget yeah. and creators are able to capitalize in this moment, right? Yeah. And um, so I'd imagine that your, your thesis is getting proven because I even think I've seen um, content around people who have spun up you know, mm-hmm. blogs during COVID, or yeah. or Instagram accounts, or TikTok accounts. I mean, yeah. think about TikTok, how many TikTok, how many TikTok creators all of a sudden have a career because of this year, yeah. right? And so, you know, we we're in this weird industry where you know, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of industries have been hit hard by this, but we've been hit in a different way. Where it's like, whoa, okay, yeah. now it's. I, I also think this year has been where, um, you know, over the past decade of working yeah. on YouTube, this is the first year I felt like there's a proper professional industry around, or uh, the, the start of that, where mm-hmm. there's people like you who are raising money against the bet that this industry, I mean, to raise $4 million, right? The type of investors who are, who are putting their money down, they're anticipating a pretty big event or for you to build a relatively big company out of mm-hmm. this, which means you're anticipating that our industry. Is going to grow significantly over the next ten years. Yeah. So you, your investors, us too, everyone here, we're all placing a bet on this industry, and it's a bet that we placed ten years ago. Yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> that we were like, I think this will turn into something. So far, it's panned out. Mm-hmm. It it did. You know, like it, it was actually really unexpected. Or you know, a lot of people told me ten years ago, like, this is a pretty bad idea. Yeah. To commit your life to making a YouTube channel, like that's a hobby, that's not yeah. a business. Um, and here we are today, and and I think that we're all placing this collective bet. It almost still feels like it's something that we're all in on. That, like, one of my favorite things is to have the conversation with someone who's a non-believer. Who's I don't meet like,
1: any non-believers anymore, but a year ago, I, I yeah. met them all the time. Okay. That was the majority of
0: when we first started our first company. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't uh, meet must have any believers. I, I didn't meet any believers. Yeah. There was no believers who were like, that's a good idea. I mean, forget that it was YouTube. We were making a YouTube channel about lacrosse. Like,
3: the <laughs> yeah. amount
0: of believers it wasn't was like a Guru channel. Yeah, or there was, there was like, zero believers. There was nothing that looked similar to it. Uh, so, yeah, I just think it's, it's amazing to place that bet. And I think it's interesting when you're seeing these numbers now, it's like these types of bets weren't getting placed before.
1: Yeah. You, you had mentioned like COVID, actually, funny enough, because when we started or so it was just me at the time when I started fundraising. Um, uh, I remember two different things happening. It like, felt like the fundraising conversations were going well, but on the like, product side, when I would speak to creators, um, CPMs were down. Yeah. Brands weren't paying. Hmm. They, they were like, hey, we, we need right, 90 days. We're going to move right, our 30-day, right. net 30 to net 90. Um, Brand. I remember there were like a bunch. You know, we work with some of the creator houses and like brands that were going to sponsor those houses just pulled out completely. Wait, no one. That knew just it. reminded
0: me. Yeah, I yeah. want you to finish. But I saw a tweet from the Sway Boys. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Are yeah. you in with the Sway Boys? Um, uh, Josh, Bryce, and Griffin are investors in Stir. So you're honorary Sway. <laughs> <laughs> have you worked uh, out at their gym? The iconic I, I Hollywood mean, outdoor social distancing requirements would permit that I I, I don't go over. Um, <laughs> we've only met over zoom and, and we have a, we have a fun text thread together. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Incredible.
1: They sent me um, their energy drink. It came to my office. Yeah, it's yeah. like, they sent me like so much of it, and right. I've, I've put it in our office. I like think we have fridge. it in the office. We, right? we, we have oh, it nice. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But
0: unfortunately, the Sway boys didn't send it to us. We had to purchase we it. We bought We bought so, it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Willingly. guys. So, come on. A Sway guys. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Griffin, <laughs> Bryce. Come on.
1: They will. Oh, so, you're going to yeah, send yeah, them me. No, too much.
0: No, too much. Yeah. No, we haven't even tried it yet. So, yeah.
1: They've been great. They've been, I mean, I love working with creators. We have. So, one thing that was really important was. Um, you know, so we have traditional tech money on, on the cap table that's invested in the company, but it was important that we have a strong creator, like voice on the cap table. So we have like Jack from Patreon as an investor. We have Casey, we have the Sway guys. Um, we're actively always looking to seek more. I, th- I think I want more diverse and, and, and better representation on there. Um, it's, it's just, uh, you know, you you still have to pitch and you need to get in front of these folks. And sometimes that's hard, but give us a pitch, give you the pitch. Um, I mean, of the stir pitch. Yeah, here we are. We're haven't two, I been two, doing two, it over the whole podcast? Yeah, yeah but here yeah. we are. Two
0: diverse creators. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're,
1: we're in an elevator.
0: Yeah. We haven't invested.
1: You got to, invested, You, have, you know. have 30 seconds. Um, I say to you, okay, you, do I know your creators before I pitch you?
0: Yeah, you're a fan. Yeah. Oh, I'm a fan. You yeah. are a fan,
1: are you let's not? I name. am a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, let's say your name's Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, guys, whatever, you're using QuickBooks right now that's trash. That's not purpose-built for you. You need a tool that helps you run your creator business on top of it. You need a better way to work with others. You need a better way to organize all your stuff. You can't give them the keys of the castle, but you want to share payments and analytics with them. We are the perfect tool for you. It's called STIR. Here, I'll give you my number. Let's text. I'll help you out with other parts of your business. Let's grow together.
2: Is it expensive? How much does it like? <laughs> what do How do you, make, mo- How do you yeah. make money?
1: Uh, so our m- QuickBooks Mint-like product is free. It's free forever to us. That's that's a mission-based product, right? Like we're gonna be the place. If we're gonna like mean we want to grow the midtown and help creators run great businesses, then our core product needs to serve the masses. Uh, we make money on the splits, and we only make money when you make money uh, when you when you do a split. <laughs> Goodness, it actually says your name on it too. I love it. Yeah, that's our check. Colin and Samir I'm gonna that, keep this, okay? Yeah, yeah. That's a,
0: that's a blank check. <laughs> Joe can write whatever he wants on it. However much another you four million dollars. <laughs> uh, however much, however much you want. Again, we've had a great year, so take that into consideration. Write <laughs> whatever you want. We're in. This is great. Oh my goodness. Let's put a little rip in it. I'm gonna frame yeah.
1: it.
0: <laughs> no, um, but for real, I think like like there, so first and foremost, like I, I I've seen the product. I've I've messed around with it. I think it's great. Um I do think that there's there's a bit of the new wave of p- like people who are developing tools and businesses for creators. At times I think people treat creators like startups uh, mm. and like tech startups. When the reality is creators are actually a, like a, a a this weird mix of talent, production studio, network and a tech startup. Yeah. So it's not necessarily one size fits all, but I think you've found a place where there is that solution that because there's a comp with QuickBooks where QuickBooks is one size fits all, mm-hmm. where you've found the, the, the closest thing to a one size fits all for creators because we all have to manage our money and we all get lost in all these different ways we make money and the complexities of where our dollars are coming in. So I do, I do believe in what you're doing a lot. And I think it's, uh, I think to, to level up with it, like what you've done with the drops is really dynamic and very authentic to our space. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, when I take a look at it, like if I'm looking at um, this project and if I'm receiving that pitch, I think the thing that sells me is you. And that's, that's typical, right, in, in investment is that you've committed yourself to understanding The space, because there's this level of uh, understanding at an early stage where it's like you have this thesis. Your job is to prove it. And if if there's uh, turns in the road, if there's places where it's it's where you're proven wrong, you have to believe in the person to then find a new path, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like at such an early stage, I think if you're if you're committed to the creator community, which I think you are then I think all the investment makes sense, right? Because it's like, no matter what, you're going to build the right tool for us and for this community that I've committed my entire working life to. And I will commit the rest of my working life to this community. Um, So blank check is a joke. (laughs) We'd like it back. but, (laughs) But we will write on that check if your round is still open.
1: I mean we could take that off the recorder, <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, I mean I, I'll just say like um thank you for saying that um i, 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 I that is very I'm grateful that for you to say that because i we really do try so hard. and one thing I say internally is like we're just relentlessly mission driven, like almost crazy, like I hope other startups are like this, but like i live and breathe, this is my life's work. That's what I'm building. There is no short-term quick it and flip it. This is like decade plus at a minimum of like what I want to work on. And um, it does feel, and I I, I want this, and I encourage our team to think like this, is like we're building this with creators. Like we are their partners. They are not our Mm. customers. They are not our users. They are our partners. Why we have them on the cap table. That's why we work so closely with them. That's why I text them on their wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but that is genuinely how I, I, how I think about it. And like that is how, you know, the vision for the company is is big. It's bigger than just QuickBooks, right? Like right. we feel like we're trying to build something that feels category defining. And in, like in my my, I will go home happy at the end of the day if I change how, People provide for their families. Like that is so important to me at the end of the day, and to, and to do that in a way that allows for creative expression is just—it's my life's work, and it's all—it's all I want to do. And um, I also get to do it with fun people too. that that thats, that's, that's what. Know, what
0: think. keeps you up at night about this project?
1: Um,
2: I did see that you tweeted the other day that you were drinking coffee after midnight. I was. Right. Yeah, is
0: it the yeah. coffee that keeps you up? Is this guy okay? <laughs> yeah. No. Is I, that I, the Sicilian in you that you like? My brother traveled to Italy. Yeah, came back, drinks espresso at night. Yeah, now. caffeine does not no. hit Sicilians yeah. the way it hits so other, other, other people. Yeah. Yeah. Espresso, I all cannot, the time. I cannot. After yeah. two p.m., it's that's a. Wrap. Oh no, no,
1: I, I can have espresso after after dinner and and, and go to bed at a normal time. Um, that that night in particular, I was working and like we needed to get this thing done by a certain time, and we do sort of work pretty crazy, and we we just we feel like time is running like we need to get this first and be and and and, and sort of like I just feel like it's gonna be a very competitive space. What keeps me up at night? I think there's a few things. One is, um, there's, there's an introspective part of it. It's like, this is all new for me. I, mm. I've, um, you know, I managed an intern before this. That's like the most management experience wow. I have. I just had to become, you know, we have a team of five people now, like they have kids, they have livelihoods. Right. I have to be perfect. I was like, how do I get better there? Two is, um, we, you know, one other thing is like, we, we sell trust in a way, right? Like. We move money around. Like if I screw that up, uh, you know, our, our customers have our SMBs with consumer expectations and a megaphone. We, we, we It's like the, the, the margins for us to screw up is so small. And I, I think about that. Um, I think about my own, my own health, like making sure I'm healthy yeah. and I can do the right job. That, that's another thing. Um, but the thing that doesn't really stress me out is like, and this goes back to the conviction from earlier, is like there is not a doubt in my mind that this is not the future. And, um, there are moments in your career, a few moments where you feel like you're a little bit ahead of everyone on like something. And, Mm, um, yeah, I really feel like that. I feel like we have, and and that's an opportunity, right? You have to be grateful for that, but you also have to like do your best job. And I I think that I have just so much conviction. It's like crazy conviction that like, this is where the world's going. And I'm grateful to be in that opportunity to work on it. I feel like we share that conviction. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But how do you contextualize that? To someone who maybe doesn't understand, I think what's interesting, like, how, how do you show the growth of the creator industry? Because, of course, like, you can tell someone, yeah, there are this many Instagram accounts that are above, yeah. you know, 20,000 or something like that, yeah. this many YouTube channels that are above 15,000 subscribers, but not everyone is necessarily running a business. Like, how, you know what I mean? How do you have the conviction yeah. in yeah, a, I- and, and sort of showcase? the growth from a business perspective. Yeah,
1: so, so like one thing, you know, and this is the benefit of being so early, is like, I never, because my, co- if my co-founder, Cashel is if my co-founder, Kashal is watching this, he'll laugh. Like, there was one investor that wanted us to like, do like a market analysis. And I'm like, like, this is the wrong investor for us. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is yeah. just not like, if you want me to tell you how many Instagram accounts have over 50,000 followers, and like, that's right. the amount of Instagram accounts we can go after, you're clearly thinking too small and too now. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to look five to 10 years in the future. And that is like, you know, good venture investors will think like that and good entrepreneurs think like that. It's yeah. not the business you're building for tomorrow. It's the business, It's not the business you're building for today. It's the business you're building for tomorrow. And I think that's how we've sort of, the approach that we've taken. Mm.
0: I mean, that's, that's, that's really smart because 10 years ago when we first started, first of all, the way brand deals work today and the way brand partnerships work today, we saw it, but almost, no one else. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Also, the way that like now we can monetize this podcast through Anchor, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. With with like it's immediately you can start a podcast and monetize. Yeah. You could flip out a, a Patreon, and audiences are willing to pay you. We could become professors. Like yeah. all of that, th- what you start to realize is just that these people, there's enough people wired like us yeah. who just want to use the internet to make things for other people yeah. that the platforms will react to that. And if they don't, Mm -hmm. we'll just make our own platform. So like, I completely agree with you. You said one thing that you're going to hear me say now in interviews (laughs) because I thought it was really dynamic. I loved it. You said, we sell trust. Yeah. Mm. I think that is one of the best lines I've ever heard someone on our <laughs> podcast say because I actually think it's not just you, that's every business. Mm-hmm. And that's also creator businesses. Mm-hmm. You're selling trust to the advertiser when you're delivering on the concept that you said you were going to deliver at mm-hmm. the time that you said you were going to deliver it, at the viewership level you said you were going to deliver. Mm-hmm. You're also selling trust to your audience saying, I'm going to upload this amount mm-hmm. of videos. I upload every Sunday. I'm here for you. I'm on the same mission. I'm consistent in my yeah. values. Like, the concept of selling trust is every business. Yeah. And I think that's why I said, like, if it's about the person, because if I trust you, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly what you just said. And I love that, that you're yeah. selling trust. It's oh. super cool. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that. And the second thing was talking about doing something that people don't understand. Um you know, when we first started, I, we, we, you know, we were running off of just purely my, uh, savings account. Uh, and I, I, I anticipated from stories I heard. And again, watching the social network, I was like, it'll be a year before we make a couple million bucks. Uh, <laughs> completely incorrect. We're three years in completely out of money and I'm pitching investors. And, um, three years in when I'm pitching an investor from, uh, I'll, I'll call him out, Bain Capital, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm pitching them. And it's, I just say that to rec- like for everyone to recognize this is one of the biggest yeah. capital firms in the world. Um, when I get on the phone to pitch him, um, we were doing sports contents, we were live streaming. And again, this is before live streaming is a thing. Um, and I use the term right when I picked up the phone, he's like, all right, give me the pitch. Like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, all right, so... This is the first 60 seconds of my pitch, but I used the term, I was like, we broadcast live games. Mm. And he's like, hold, hold on, hold on, I'm going to stop you. You just used the term broadcast. Um, I checked out the link you sent me. What you're doing is not broadcast. I worked in broadcast. What you're doing is making home movies. And quite frankly, you're not that good at it. So I would find another hobby if I <laughs> were you. I mean, that's, that's not the sign of a good investor. So I remember being like, I mean, obviously conversation over. Right. So I was like, thank you so much for your time. Whatever. Hung up the phone. And I remember sitting there and being like, okay, that was the moment where I was like, no one's going to help us. No one understands what we're doing. And I actually feel like we are on the forefront. Like we're pioneers okay. right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's gonna, we're paving a path. Uh, and now looking back at that, that moment is so pivotal that we even have a print. It's actually in our storage. We're going to put it back out here. But that says you're making home movies. Um, it's a that. really important Man, thing to so remember great. to look at it on the wall. And that's say, some good merch. Yeah. Good I would merch. get that on, it on, on a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never thought about that. That's a good shirt. Um, but to look at it every day and be like, yeah, so long as we're in that world mm-hmm. where someone looks at us and is like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Then we're doing great. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I want to lead that into talking about your drops. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of, again, if I have to sit and explain to my dad, there's this company called Stir. They're, they're like an accounting software for our industry. And they release these weekly drops that are related to our industry. Mm-hmm. Don't make them any money. Um, None. But yeah. are things like only tweets where you could have a, you could pay money to, access someone's tweets yeah, like yeah. paid Twitter accounts. Why yep. uh,
1: drops? Yeah. Explain that strategy. Uh, yeah. Explain yourself. Can I say the story of how they came up, how we came up with them? Mm-hmm. I love this story. Um, so I, you know, th- there were two things sort of going on at the time. One was we were finding it hard to get a creator's attention. Like, we're two guys, my, my co-founder, that are like building this, you know, financial software. I feel like creators get so many products sent into their email inbox. Like, how do you? It never felt like we could like cut through the noise. Um, so that was the first thing, and 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 um, we wanted to just learn faster. Um, the second, the second thing that happened was Mixer, which is Microsoft's Twitch competitor, had shut down, um, and the way that they shut down, they sort of haphazardly handled it. They um, they like it was like, hey, we're shutting down and our last day is going to be in two weeks. If you are a partner, meaning you make ad, you make money on ads, you have to go reapply on Facebook for Facebook gaming. And you know, what streamer, you know, not many streamers are moving over right. to Facebook gaming. Uh, they're all going to Twitch and you have to start from scratch on Twitch. And they're like, I just spent, you know, all these creators, like I just spent a year of my life, you know, trying to get partner status right. to make some money. And now like the rug is pulled underneath me and I saw this tweet and I've, I've messaged this guy that he started the entire Drops program is from this tweet. I saw this tweet and it was screen caps of four streamers that were crying on stream because, you know, the rug was just pulled in from under them and they had to like start from scratch somewhere and I took the, this URL from that tweet and I emailed our team and I think good good product building is highly emotional. It's creative, it's emotional and it requires patience and I sent that tweet to the team and I said, I want us to, Keep the, these images like, in our mind as we build because like, if we're successful and we help creators run great businesses, part of a great business is diversified, um, this should happen less. So keep these folks in your mind while you build. So I send that email to the team. There is no concept of drops applied to that. My co-founder emails me back. like Five minutes later, he goes, we should build something. <laughs> I'm like, what do you want to build? Like This seems like a distraction. He goes, I don't know, but I'm going to look at the API and find out. Uh, two hours later, he comes back and he's like, I want to build this thing called Goodbye Mixer, a tool that lets creators uh, get a CSV of all of their, all the subscribers on, on, their, on their Mixer account. I'm like, who the hell's going to use that? He goes, I don't know, but I'm going to DM a few Mixer uh, uh, streamers on Twitter. I'm like, okay, I'll do two. So we DM like five of them. They all say, yeah, I try it out. We build it that night. Literally, like we spun it up together in like the hackiest way possible and we launched it on the Mixer subreddit the next day. 1200 creators used it in the first day. We had this moment where we were like, we've now spent four months talking to like 40 creators, and then we just built a tool that 1200 used in one day. That is just massively different, right? We were like, and also now we have a, we've, we've given something to them. So when we ask them, when we want to call them on the phone and ask them about their business, like we've done something for them first. We're not like, hey, knocking on the door, hey, can you give me some, can you talk to me about your finances? It was more like, hey, remember that tool we built you, Mixer? We're building other tools. Can we learn more from you? And um, that strategy, so this, that was like, we were like really into that. And we're like, mm-hmm. what else could we build? And then the next thing we built was uh, you know, Donald Trump or President Trump is on Air Force One says he's gonna shut down TikTok. And we built this FYP.RIP to let you download all your TikToks in case it got shut down. And the drops have always been very mission driven, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the TikTok one, it was like a platform can literally be banned by a government. And you don't own that content if it's not like locally stored. You don't have a copy of it, right? Uh, mixers, like it can be shut down any mo- at, at any moment. And like, you don't, you need to have a relationship with your, with your audience. So we kind of like, it turned into a drop strategy. Is like, like our set is we can build software and this space needs these tools. Like creators need these things and the platforms aren't going to build it. So we're not just going to sit idly by and let others do it. We'll just do it. And that matured into a drop strategy. And, and we've done two more like pre-subscribe and only tweets. And um, we're, we, have, we have two more planned between now and the end of the year, which are really exciting. Um, I don't want to spoil them. But yeah, they're a key part of our strategy. And we love, we love doing them.
2: I feel like the Drops program also gains trust with creators mm-hmm. in that yeah. I'm now identifying Stir yeah. and you as a creator. Because you're right. also being brave. You're also being courageous. By yeah. putting these things out that, you know, they were put together pretty quickly. They solve a problem. Yeah, It's really like a content play yeah. as well. It's not a video, um, yeah. but it's your version of a content play, like yeah. of a video. So it is, in my mind, it was like, oh, okay, this is Stir becoming, you're becoming Joe from Stir the same way that, you know, Ian is Ian from Seeky yeah, in a yeah. way, right? Like you started <laughs> to become a character yeah. uh, because I saw you popping up on Twitter through these drops yeah. and like the drops really uh, were an opportunity for your company, I think. Uh, to sort of get into the creator space on yeah. a creator level, mm-hmm. digitally, not by totally. making you know calls or having meetings.
1: totally the things we we talked about trust earlier. Um, I always care deeply about who tells you about Stir. I don't want it to be me. <laughs> I'm really comfortable not being me. I also don't want it to be an ad. I want it to be a friend, another creator, a manager, or a drop, like something that gives you value first before we ever tell you about the company behind it. That to me is like so important. How you you know, encounter this financial software, this accounting software, which is relatively boring. Uh, you know, it's not like the thing everyone wants to talk about all the time, but we all need it. Uh, it matters to me how you encounter that for the first time and, and drops and people and trust is like the way we do it. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. Well, oh gosh. man, Said the same thing. <laughs> I hate when we say the same thing at the <laughs> <Yeah>. same time. <laughs> yeah. I do but love that. That's yeah,
0: I do, I do think Joe, you've like, you've totally, you know, I was sold on STIR before, but I'm, I'm definitely more sold today, uh, as you can I see. Mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay gave you a blank check. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, where, where last question for you is kind of like, where, wh- what, do you think the, the next big creator business is going to be? Like what's the billion dollar business in, in, in creators?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a little biased here because we built it. Um, but this concept of splits and collectives is really exciting to me. It's, it's new. Um, yeah. It's very new, but the idea of building these sort of networked media companies where we can like the back office is all just solved Mm -hmm. and we can like build new types of content with each other is really exciting to me. It's very much based off the barstool model where like Dave Mm -hmm. is the creator. He finds other creatives. He uses his platform to help them get successful and then, you know, takes a, a, a cut from that. Right. I I just, I view this, like this, this world where we build these like networked people, businesses that sell creativity is just incredibly powerful to me. Um, we have a lot of work to do. Like there's an education gap to solve, right? There's like, there's, Mm. there's institutions Mm. that are like, this is the way we do business. So we have to go up against those. And we also have to win the hearts and minds of, of creators. And this was tons of work to do, but that is what I'm most excited about because the possibilities feel endless. Yeah. It's, it's not like what worries me about the creator economy is like, you know, I don't know if you guys know, like the sub of like right. the times, like one, mm-hmm. one reporter leaves the New York times and starts a substack Like we just won't be here forever. Right. Like we can right. stir should not exist because like that'll just move too slow. The, I, I want to empower the person that we don't know the name of that like wants to, you know, right. provide themselves with creativity or provide for themselves via creativity. That's what matters to me. And I think you could do that together. Yeah, and that's totally. what we're trying mm-hmm.
0: to do. I think you could empower, like in my opinion, I think the next, the biggest creator opportunity is creating like a consumer brand that multiple creators yes. are involved in. Yes. Right. Exactly. Where it's like, the, I, I truly believe you could see like the next Nike come out yeah. of creators where it's not merged, but it's a brand, yeah. a lifestyle brand that's supported by an aggregate social reach of a hundred million. Yeah. Right. And so you have like an immediate yeah. velocity mm-hmm. into yeah. the market and it starts showing up everywhere in the world and, yeah. and stands for something. and all these people, um, like imagine if it's like, yeah, Colin and Samir, we aren't going to make, we might not um, be making our own apparel, but we're actually partnered into this big creator apparel company that has Mm a hundred creators partnered into it and we wear it and we, you know, whatever it is, it could be 30 creators. But I think that those types of things is what we're going to start to see where we band together more to create companies um, that are really dynamic. Because if we we're all advertising for the same companies, yeah, and if we yeah. are moving the needle for those companies, we could actually create that company ourselves. Yeah. And how
1: could a brand compete with that?
0: Like no, a, you can You cannot you can't. compete with that. Yeah.
1: So it's just like that's why I'm thinking, That's why I'm so convicted that is like the, the tools that the world needs are Stur is right. trying to provide. Because like you just need to make it easier for these people to work together, and totally. then you've just the brands are just not going to be able to to, to run with that. it's fascinating. And this is the democratization of reach. Yeah. You've now leveled the playing field. And now you need to give the individual a little bit more bump because they're, they don't have the wallets and the organization. And now we're trying to do some of that. Um, but that's, yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. And it just feels like what the definition of a business was, is just changing mm-hmm. in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I used to get surprised when I would hear, you know, I remember my friend, he, he runs a company and he, he bought a, a, an Instagram account from a 16 year old girl. that mm-hmm. <laughs> had like right. 50,000 followers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like, These are the stuff, things that are tough to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. tough to explain. <laughs> but that stuff used to surprise me and yeah. now it doesn't right. at all. Yeah, It doesn't at all. And I'm like, just, I'm, I love it because I'm like, yeah, this is clearly where the world's going.
0: I'll, I'll end with a Jay-Z quote as yeah. you know, most things end. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it, when I was a kid, I remember hearing this one line and I was like, that's what I want to do. And I remember telling my friend and he was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it was, <laughs> Jay-Z says, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Yeah let me do my business. Damn. And he's like, it's actually what the world has moved towards now. Everyone is their own business. And that's the problem you're solving is how do you, how do you do that? Um, so thank you, Joe, for joining us. Thank Uh, you guys for having me. And in the outro of this podcast, you'll find out if Joe actually accepted our offer to invest (laughs) (laughs) or not. Uh, and what that ended up looking like. Maybe we just traded him for his, uh, Mercedes, but yeah, I want to get back to the Mercedes. How long are
1: you in town? Do we get to use it? Uh, I'm I'm moving to LA on on Saturday. Oh, great! Oh, great. So there will be ample yeah. opportunities. Yeah, yeah. yeah ample. Yeah, yeah, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're leaving awesome. it in our parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the keys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Joe. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us. You guys can check out Stir. You can check out Joe on Twitter. Yeah, uh, we'll put his uh, his. <laughs> handle in the description and then go to use stir.com. That's U S E S T I R.com, uh, to check out what he's building with stir yeah. and check out his drops. He's got two additional drops happening before the end of the year. If you want to read about Joe, we'll put those in the description as well. Uh, and yeah, thanks for joining.
1: Thank you guys. So great to be here.
0: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. Make sure to check out Joe on Twitter at Joseph Albanese and check out STIR, which is at use STIR. Also, if you listen to this podcast, make sure to check out the video version of the podcast. It's on our YouTube channel right now. Just type in the Colin and Samir podcast to YouTube and you'll find it. And if you're wondering if we actually did invest in STIR, we're working on it now and we'll definitely update you guys. Just stay tuned to this podcast and our social platforms. But it was a pleasure to have Joe on and we hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you back here for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.